0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grounded with Matt Round. Today, we are starting the introduction with an interview. We're going to get to know Pastor Matt, and we're going to dive into some questions about his life. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello, Pastor Matt. Hello, Noah. Please introduce yourself for the audience.
1: Like you said, my name is Pastor Matt Round. I'm the pastor of Chapel City Church in Camarillo, California, and I have been for about the last four years or so. Before that, my family and I were up in Canada, where I pastored for five years, and that's kind of our journey in pastoral ministry so far.
0: Pastor Matt, when did you become a Christian?
1: So uh, God was really gracious, put me in a Christian home growing up. I had uh, strong Christian influences from my parents and my grandparents on my dad's side, uh, who were close, not only physically, but uh, spiritually. So... Those were really strong influences, was at church all the time growing up, was one of those families where if the doors were open, we were there, and I was in all the kids' choirs and the VBS programs, and so uh, I gave my life to Christ at an early age, probably seven or so, and I was baptized when I was eight years old, Um, and it's not a unique story or a particularly exciting story, but kind of as is typical, I did my own thing, Uh, I never largely walked away from the faith, was never really outrageously rebellious, but certainly life was centered around me all the way up through high school, even though I was still involved in Awana and whatever choir programs were going on and youth group and leading the Bible study at my high school. Um, if I were to look at who I was then, again, life was really pretty largely about me. And then uh, in college... When I was away from home for the first time, when I was away from my church family that I'd grown up with and uh, the church that I'd grown up in, uh, there was really kind of that crisis moment where your faith becomes your own, and that was the case for me. So where was I, when was I saved? Young. Uh, But when did God really get a hold of me and where my faith kind of became my own and I started walking toward uh, maturity intentionally was probably when I was 19 or so and in college. That's very interesting. Pastor Matt, can
0: you tell us about your family that you have today?
1: Sure. I'm married to Brandy, and uh, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary, and we have four kids, uh, two girls and two boys. Three out of the four of them are teenagers, so we are entering into uh, a whole new life phase of busyness and uh, schedules and personalities and... All those things that come along with a family that grows up together uh, we still live fairly close to the majority of uh, both of our families uh, we're semi-close to our parents physically brandy's dad passed away uh, about 10 years ago but her mom lives in santa clarita my parents live uh, about an hour north of santa clarita we have siblings that are in santa clarita and lancaster and ventura so we're pretty well localized here in
0: camarillo and the general area That's good to hear. Pastor Matt, how did you and your wife meet, and how long did you date until you got married? Okay, so
1: Brandy and I met a long time ago, uh, especially because we're getting older and older. We actually met uh, the summer before our seventh grade year. So we met after we had both just turned 12 years old. Our moms were involved in a prayer group called Moms in Touch. And it was a group of moms that got together to pray for their kids, to pray for their school, for their teachers, for the administrators. And uh, they decided to have a kind of a get-together before the school year started. So a couple weeks before seventh grade kicked off, we met at uh, the association pool for where my wife lived. And, you know, the first time I saw her, she was a tiny little blonde thing. And I was... Uh, pretty well attached right away, I knew that I was deeply in like with her uh, she took a little bit more convincing so as we went through uh junior high we were we were friends we became very good friends we did projects together we had a ton of classes together uh, and moving into high school uh, I continued to pursue her, although it wasn't very uh overt i guess i just did everything i could to be around her so uh, she ran cross country and i am not physically built for cross country but i ran cross country just to be involved with that she was in choir i didn't really have any desire to be in choir but i ended up joining choir again just because she was a part of that she was actually uh, interested in almost all of my friends at one point, not at the same time, but uh, kind of one after the other, so it was really more of a war of attrition, and in the end, I was just the last guy left standing, I like to say, and we, like I said, we're, we're good friends and best friends, and then we started officially dating, I guess, our senior year, and really that only happened because well, we figured out we were planning events with a bunch of people just so we could hang out together, and it was getting more and more obvious to everyone, uh, that we were doing it just to hang out together. Um, so we started dating a couple of months before the end of my senior year in high school. And, uh, as far as how long we dated, that's kind of interesting because uh, in June, right after I graduated, uh, I left for the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. So we dated for officially maybe three or four months or so. Um, our first official date probably would have been winter formal of our senior year and then dated for a few months and then I left and so we really had very little time to develop kind of a normal dating relationship uh, before I was gone and it was the first time that I was out of the house and away from my parents and uh, developing any kind of real independence on my own and uh, you know I wish that I could say that I handled that really well. fact was that I didn't and going from home and high school and church life into uh, the military environment was very good and very challenging. You know, there were a lot of things that I really liked, a lot of things that were really difficult, and uh, we dated long distance for two years, where I would write letters or really kind of more accurately, she would write a lot of letters, and I would write some letters back. Uh, we had very long phone calls that were uh, a lot of silence where we just kind of sat, and this was back in the day when there were calling cards and collect calling, so my parents would get these phone bills for several hundred dollars, and uh, you know, 20 minutes would be phone calls to them, and the rest of it would be calls to Brandy. That led to some interesting conversations, but uh, uh, all in all, it, it became very clear over that time Uh, that neither of us were really ready to pursue a serious relationship, and certainly more of that was falling on me um, as I was developing, again, uh, this independent idea of what my faith was and what that looked like and how I was going to follow Christ. And uh, as I was wrestling with that and not doing a great job of it, uh, our relationship was suffering. And that's that's only natural. You can only really draw close to someone after you're drawing close to God. And as that suffered, our relationship suffered, and I ended up uh, breaking up with her uh, the day before her birthday over the phone while I was at the academy. Which, for those of you looking for it, is not spectacular relationship advice. So uh, that happened after my first year at the academy. So we dated less than a year and a half and then we broke up and we were broken up for a year. After two years I came home and uh, started pursuing her again and we started dating again after some time after that relationship got built back up and uh, dated for seven months or so after that and then was engaged for a year and we've been married for 20 years since. So it's uh interesting thing to ask how long we've been dating because we dated and then we weren't and then we came back. And so that's kind of
0: how that process looked. Sounds like you have a wonderful family, Pastor Matt. So can you tell me who are some mentors in your life? Yeah, I'd say that when I was growing up,
1: um, my parents, again, solid spiritual influences, especially in the sense that they really helped my siblings and I understand that normal Christian life meant being involved with the church and not just the building, but the people. Um, They served in their Sunday school classes. They got together with people. Uh, They made sure that we were involved with people. So to me, it just felt very, very normal to be an active and engaged part of the church. Um, They made sure that we were serving uh in the church so i mean i remember doing first grade sunday school with mr hand from the time that i was in middle school Uh, but one of those things that i think that i probably took for granted for a long time but when you talk about mentors and real spiritual influences one of the really really helpful things that they did was they made church normal it wasn't an event it wasn't something we did when we could squeeze it in or when we had time for it it was it was a part of what our family not not what we did it was a part of who our family was Um, And then I mentioned my grandparents, they lived right around the corner from us for my whole life growing up, and um, my grandpa was a huge spiritual influence, just a a guy who loved God and (laughs) loved the church and loved his word and loved studying and teaching, and uh, he was a tremendous influence for how he made a relationship with God something that was easy to see lived out. Certainly not perfectly, but... Uh, he was just a great picture of faithfulness. Um, then, as you look farther down, uh, people that are still involved in my life now, um, my best friend, uh, Jason Beals, is a, a professor at the Master's University, and he's been a tremendous influence. He is, um, I'm not great at friendships in that I'm not especially uh, quick to open up. And I remember our first well, one of our first interactions after we'd been serving in the same ministry for some time was him pulling me aside and saying, you know, why don't you want to be my friend because this is what a friendship looks like and uh, I just remember how helpful that was to have somebody who would be willing to challenge me on how I interacted with people and since then again, he's he's my best friend. We we talk regularly, but really he's the guy that taught me how to practically do a lot of ministry things. He taught me essentially how to look through a passage and how to teach it. He taught me how to help people that were different than me, how to love them, how to encourage them, how to structure a ministry. He was a great example of how to deal with a leadership team with a lot of different personalities, so a ton of a ton of who I am in ministry is a result of his friendship and encouragement and involvement. Um, and then on the other side of that, uh, the church that we started going to in 2005 in Santa Clarita, Church of the Canyons, the pastor was a guy named uh, Bob, Bob Childress, and he became Uh, a mentor to me. The last six months of seminary, basically he met with me every couple of weeks to take me through all the practical side of ministry that doesn't get covered in a classroom. He taught me how to do uh, marriage counseling. He taught me how to do weddings and funerals. He taught me uh, what to look out for as a pastor and how to kind of shepherd and care for your soul as you care for the souls of others. He was a great example of what it looked like to preach faithfully and expositionally and he continues to be someone who I go to for advice and who I check in with and who uh, really has been like every sense of the word mentor in my life and ministry. That's wonderful, Pastor Matt. Where did you go to school in high school and college? So I grew up in Santa Clarita and I went to Canyon High School and uh, graduated there in 1998. And then as soon as I graduated, like I said, I went to the Air Force Academy. That was kind of the whole goal uh, from when I was in seventh grade all the way up through my senior year. That was kind of the one place that I wanted to be. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to go into the Air Force Academy. I wanted to fly jets. And that was the whole goal and direction and purpose of my life. It guided what clubs I was a part of and extracurricular activities and involvement in a ton of things. So after I graduated, I went to, uh, they had their boot camp over the summer your freshman year, and then I was right into the academy. And uh, again, like I said before, there were a lot of things that I really loved. I loved the uniform. I loved being a part of something bigger than me. I loved the structure. I am not a structured person. I am not a neat person. Uh, I would clean out my car sometimes in high school and just have Trash bags that overflowed with the stuff that would just get left in there, and having that imposed structure was really helpful. Uh, having to live and think independently was really helpful in a lot of ways, but like I said, it was also really challenging. Um, the The church on the base there at the academy served a really wide range of people from a lot of different backgrounds, and you had the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church the Jewish gathering and then the all faiths room. And that was it. There wasn't your particular brand that you were comfortable with. And uh, as a result, I never got deeply plugged into the church there like I was at home. And when you do that, your faith starts to shrink. Uh, We don't naturally drift toward maturity. And without being surrounded by other believers, uh, we really take steps back. And I I took a lot of steps back and, or maybe it was less steps back than it, it stripped away some of the assumption of maturity that I think was there before, um, that was really just a sense of habit and obligation to people who expected things of me. Uh, so I think it, it took away all the context for all the comfort and all those things that were propping me up and maybe it just exposed the real weakness of my faith. And after two years there, um, my grandpa died during that time, which was difficult to process more so because I was separated by distance and didn't, never got that chance to say goodbye or really see that process, uh, I was miserable, I was angry, I was frustrated, I was lonely, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I found out that I had a heart murmur, so I wasn't going to be able to fly and do the things that I went in for. Uh, So at the close of the two years, I was wrestling with, well, what does my future look like? This is everything that I've worked for, and a whole bunch of it is not what I thought I wanted. I didn't see myself developing into anything uh, that honored God, and certainly that is not the military's fault. That's not... That's not to say that it couldn't have happened where it was, but as far as my growth and where I was, that was, it It wasn't good. I wasn't who I needed to be, Uh, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, Uh, so I left the academy after two years there, and as far as schooling went, came back home and went to CSUN uh, with the uh, understanding that I was getting really close to finishing my degree at Cal State Northridge and then found out at the last minute that I didn't have all the classes that I need and so got really frustrated and (laughs) pulled out there. Um, Fast forward several years to uh, having a wife and having kids and Uh, starting to feel the pull into ministry and ended up finishing my undergrad at uh, the master's college through their degree completion program. So taking night classes and got my degree in Christian ministries in 2007, and then enrolled in seminary that fall and finished seminary in 2013 with my
0: MDiv also from master's. So Pastor Matt, what made you pursue ministry and become a pastor?
1: Yeah, it's not what I had planned on. I loved the church and I loved God's Word, uh, but there was never any sense kind of growing up where I saw vocational ministry as something that I was going to pursue and uh, I think I think sometimes what sometimes a lot of people wrestle with the idea of calling and uh, what does it mean to be called into something, particularly what does it mean to be called into ministry? and I think there's a lot of ways we try to convince ourselves of what God is calling us to do and The way that I like to think about it and really the way that it lined up for me is calling winds up being this mixture of uh, gifting, opportunity, and desire. And where those line up is what God has called us to do. And so what that looked like for me was as I came home from the academy, uh, getting resettled in the local church and going not just because I was back home and not just because uh, my parents were there and expected me to. Uh, but because I wanted to. And kind of finding that foundation of my faith again. And in doing that, getting involved in serving again. Um, And in serving, uh, God opening opportunities for you to use the gifts for him, for me to use the gifts that he had given me. And so I served in high school ministry for a while and in college ministry for a while. And as I did that, I was given various opportunities to teach in small group settings and kind of increasingly in front of groups. And as I did that, not only did I find that I enjoyed it, but there was some gifting there. And then that gifting gets affirmed by other people and developed by other people as they kind of speak into, hey, you you are able to to do this. God has given you the ability to do this. Here some ways that you can sharpen that and that led to you know further opportunity and further desire to do it. And eventually it just came to the point where this was what the desire became. This is what I wanted to do. And if I did want to be involved in ministry, if I did want to teach God's word to people, um, then I needed to be better equipped for it. Um, my, my favorite thing became seeing kind of the lights come on when when a spiritual reality kind of takes root in people's lives, uh, when the Spirit opens their eyes to some, not only some truth, but to how it applies to them, that that became the greatest thing for me to see. And I wanted to see that all the time. And uh, one of the ways that I could do that was moving into vocational ministry, into full-time ministry. And so, uh, like I said, that meant that I needed to be equipped. And so that meant that I needed to finish my studies in that. And so, again, through the loving and helping support of my wife and God opening doors. Uh, Went back and finished my degree in Christian ministry and uh, in continuing to serve, realizing that if I wanted to be in pastoral ministry, which is where, again, the desire of my heart and uh, gifting seemed to be lining up and people were affirming that, uh, that became clearer and clearer. And so I needed additional training. There were things that uh, I wanted to be able to do better I wanted to understand more. I wanted to be able to equip others in a more helpful way, and seminary was the way to do that. And so that led me to pursuing my seminary degree, and that's kind of what led me to master's.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Pastor Matt, since you are a pastor, how many times have you read the Bible? Well, if... You're talking about front to back,
1: like in a row, starting in Genesis, ending in Revelation, then I think the answer is four or five. If you add it all up through assignments and personal study and kind of going here or there, I don't know, probably closer to 10 or 12. I, through just regular reading and preaching and kind of rabbit trails that I get myself on to try and look something up when something kind of strikes my curiosity. I probably get through it once every year and a half or so. Um, Obviously, there's some things that I read way more often than others. Whatever book I'm preaching in gets read a whole bunch. Uh, Some of the sections, not quite as frequently.
0: Wow. Well, that's way more than most people do. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. We're going to continue with part two. You can find it um, anywhere you can listen to this podcast and on our website at groundedwithmatt.com. We hope to see you then.